Welcome to Marriage in the Middle. I'm Ricardo. And I'm Tiffany, and we're grateful you decided to hang out with us today. This is a place to encourage and unite our marriages in the highs and lows of the adventure. Today we are diving into the topic, preparing for marriage. Yes, and we're going to be talking all about things we should do, steps we should take, um, not not wedding plan-wise though, which cake to get or flowers. That's important though. (laughs) Yeah, those parts are always important. Always the cake. And honestly, that's where we spend most of our time, right? When we're getting ready for the wedding. That cake well, is really important. <laughs> the cake was. How many cake places did we go to? I forget. You don't remember? That's I like didn't... a top memory. I think it was like five or six. Yeah, there was a few. It was good. Yeah, and they were good. And I remember the tastings. Those were my favorite. Yeah. It felt like well, VIP for, for sure. Except for that one that was nasty. <laughs> like that one place <laughs> that was really gross. I was like... Oh, that was... Yeah, and you're like, oh, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. Anywho, those are the kinds of things we tend to think about as we're getting prepared for marriage. So if you're joining us and you're dating and considering marriage seriously, or you are engaged, we're glad you're here to just talk a little bit about this. And also, if you're married, I want to say you're still going to learn something from this. Whether it's sharing it with someone you know who's getting married or with your kids that will get married someday, or but also just looking at your marriage... And seeing some of the, the statistics, statistics we're going to talk about, but also the different tools that are available to help us better, better our marriages. For sure. So what does it mean to get prepared for marriage? Did uh, you get prepared for marriage, sir? <laughs> uh, so Tiffany and I, I think we, we both had a pretty unique scenario, right? I think we... Uh, I think everyone's a unique. Yeah, every is unique, right? <laughs> well, every marriage is different, they say. And every engagement is different. Every dating relationship was different. I feel like I really knew you, and I remember even our some of our family saying, you guys need need to um, do uh, premarital counseling. And, you know, we both thought, we're like, why? You know, we really, we know each other. At the time, we were living together, too. Right. We had been living together for over three years, I think it was, at that time. And so we had found Jesus that fall, and we were getting married in June. And so it was really around that time when we had started going to church that people, I think those were mainly the conversations with people like at church, they were like, oh yeah, I should do premarital counseling. And it was like, at that time <laughs> I was like, um, I'm good. I don't need counseling. Yeah. <laughs> like, why do we need premarital counseling? We already have a joint bank account. We live together. We've got all of our stuff going on. It's like, we've been married for all this time already. Yeah, it's true. I remember even saying those kinds of statements. It's like, oh, we're already married, but we're going to do this the right way in God's eyes. So we had a good perspective, I think. But looking back at it now, I would have probably spent more time in that area of premarital counseling. But we for sure did it, though. So we, after several people, <laughs> after several people had mentioned it, we're like, okay, I guess we'll at least at least try this. So with our college pastor, he took us through um, a book. We I think we did like two sessions. It wasn't anything mm-hmm. um, serious, and we had actually had talked already like on all of the issues. I mean, a lot of them that that we had gone over. I don't remember there was any area where it was like, oh, we've never discussed this because <laughs> we had already had like named our kids by the time we were like, you graduated high school. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we wore wedding rings. And I remember specifically going to IHOP one time. IHOP in, in our local town. <laughs> and I, we were wearing our engagement rings and I even wore a ring. And they thought we were married. I remember that. Like, right. oh, and they even said something about the kids, I think, right? Yeah, like, we oh, totally like played home. on it, too. We did. It was pretty funny. And we were like, what, 17, yeah. 16? So, it. yeah, we're kind of crazy. But everyone is a little bit, right? Anywho, mm-hmm. we wanted to share that with you to encourage you. 
um, and share some things about our experience of how it is. Like when you're in the Christian world, it is kind of an expectation to go through premarital counseling. Maybe not so much now, but at least some kind of, you know, one to two sessions with your pastor or whoever's doing the wedding. But it's always kind of like a last, oh, that's right, we got to do counseling. <laughs> oh, we got the flowers, da, 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 got all these things done. But before you get there, there's some great reasons on why. And we want to actually share some statistics with you that I've been learning about in school. Currently, right now, I'm, I'm studying to become a marriage and family therapist in California. And I am not yet, so I'm not an expert. Neither will I be an expert after I get licensed. We're always learning, right? But I'm excited to share just kind of things that I'm learning and I dialogue with Tiffany about. And, and she's going to be pretty much an MFT at the end, too, I think. because of everything she's learning with me but some of the things that are kind of interesting are some uh predictors of uh saving your marriage before it starts in a way um i just said something that's called symbis that's actually a tool we're going to talk about later in a a book great book written by les and leslie parrott but before i get there you can you can save your marriage before it starts really i like that term they use because you could have some ideas and awareness of what things ca- cause divorce. Right. So premarital counseling will help like go through those um, those issues that could possibly come up. And I think um, one of the things that we talk about a lot about bringing your whole self into the marriage. And so like we all have work to do in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so as we go through life, you know, there's we all have things the way we were brought up, the way things baggage. our expectations. Yeah. yeah, we got all of our baggage. <laughs> Um, and so as we go into marriage, we both bring those things into there. And so when you talk about bringing your whole self into your marriage, that is where you have done work in yourself. You are aware of your faults. You're aware of your strengths, weaknesses, and you're able to support your partner in those areas as well and understanding what theirs are. So that way you can partner together in that unity and to be a team, uh, which will be a strength for each other. Yes. And then also, it's not just you. Most of Americans going to start sharing some stats now. 93% to be exact have having a happy marriage as one of their most meaningful purposes in life. And I'm, I'm guessing if you jumped into this podcast, you probably do consider marriage a meaningful thing. So the people around us, our culture sees marriage as a valuable thing and a successful one at that. So why not make it successful before it starts? Why not prepare for it? as we've been talking about. All right. So we want to bring our whole self into that marriage. Mm-hmm. By yeah. doing premarital counseling, it's going to bring up some of the stuff that maybe you have worked through, and then it's going to look different as you transfer into the marriage role as you are partnering together with your spouse. And so thinking about just those different areas, um, I love hearing these stats around those kinds of things. <laughs> yeah. So, so share, share with so us. So yeah, I'll stats. share some stats with you. Um, just these are called divorce predictors, some things that cause potentially could predict divorce. Again, these are statistics. Some of you may be like, oh man, that was me. And you're like, I'm doomed. Don't think that at all. It's more of awareness piece. And it helps you because then you're like, okay, that means I need to look into this area. First one is getting in your married in your teens or after age 32. And mainly that has to do with they found that you're kind of set in your ways. That when you're over 32, at least, I mean, as a teenager, you're set in your ways too in a different way. (laughs) But when you're over 32, you're really just like that old dog who can't learn new tricks. Not saying you're not flexible at all, just less flexibility. So you need to be aware of that when you go into a marriage or if you recently did get married and you're a little bit on the above 32. 
Is 32 old? I know. I, want, it, I almost <laughs> said old, but I didn't mean to say that. I am 32. Huh? Is that how old I am? Oh, wow. That's not old at all. Uh, <laughs> age is just a number, right? And then uh, age gap, that's a big one. Uh, your percentages actually increase as you're further apart in age, which kind of makes sense. You probably would see that. You know, you got a 3% if you're a one year apart. 3% for what? 3% uh, like, more likely to divorce. Good point. I need to read these correctly. And a five year difference uh, makes an 18% increase. And a 10 year difference makes a 39% increase. And again, the why behind the statistic, it's that generational difference. The reality that when you are a different age from your partner, that you are gonna think in a different way. You're gonna have a different context in your life. And you just need to do more work before you get married, or if you are right now, to realize that truth and have that insight that there is a difference. What do you think about that one? Any thoughts on that? On age? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think your age does not define you. <laughs> nice, it's true. But I do believe, I mean, like when you come in again at any point, so maybe someone who's 20 marries someone who's 30, that person in their 30s, they might've already done all that work that somebody in their 20s have not yet done. And so I think, again, it's that concept of bringing your whole self to your marriage. Uh, it's a continual process. We're all growing, we're all learning. But there's definitely going to be those just emotional, I mean, even brain um, development-wise uh, that are going to be different. And I think that, that can be hard to even articulate at that time. Yeah, and even physical, right? Like if you're older, you're going to have different physical realities, <laughs> including we'll just be not being around the most, sex. You know, if an older couple or you have an older partner, their drive might be different and that might cause some strain, you know? A career, you might be further along in your career and feel like you're the one who provides and you kind of have it together and your partner doesn't or vice versa. Oh, you have this job and you've been there forever. You know, you can create these uh, gaps. So that's why it's important to know these predictors wherever you're at and your whole self. I love how you keep saying that. That's so true. Knowing who you are is so important in a marriage. For sure. So now we have all of these like downer divorce rates. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about something good. Yeah. So what can we do if we are set in, you know, maybe one of these stats? Um, what does that look like for us? What kind of tools can help us to? Yeah. So we will share some of the tools here now with you as far as if you wanted to to utilize them right now and you're in engagement or you're thinking about getting married and dating before you even engaged you and, and your uh, partner can go ahead and go through it together as well. Before I get there, I do have to share one more statistic. Is that okay? Cause this one's just funny. Is it okay if I share this one, please? Okay. I'm going for it. You gave me permission. The groom who frowned in the school photo the groom who frowned in the school photo, like high school photo, that people who frown in photos are five times more likely to divorce than those who smile. So go pull out your high school photo album. And no, you want your spouses, right? Your spouse, sorry, it's the groom, right? It says, the, yeah, this statistic is the groom specifically. So for you ladies out there, say, cough it up. Let me get your high school album, JK. I just thought this was an interesting study and who the heck researched this and thought this was like 
It's just funny. Like, he, he had to go through thousands of pictures and find out they divorced. Anyways. But again, there is that science behind smiling, which is a, <laughs> another off topic. But people who smile, they are more likely to have hope and they are uh, have more uh, like serotonin that's released when they're smiling. So that even... Yeah, that's why you got to laugh through your marriage, right? There's a great series of that called Laughing Your Way Through Your Marriage by Mark, uh, Mark Dungor. I had just a segue, but that's a good one. I love that one. Anywho, yeah, on the positive note, so there's tools out there to help these predictors. We're not trying to be downers, but we're trying to say, what can we do to avoid divorce at all costs? If that's your goal, like you want to have a marriage that lasts, that's fulfilling, that is purposed by God, because we believe that marriage is an image of God, right? And our connection with him. And when we are married, we're continually growing and submitting ourselves to each other. So it's an image of who God is. We really believe that in marriage. And wherever your perspective is on marriage, I think we all have this goal, but high value. So that's why we want to know what these predictors are to move forward. So what are the benefits of premarital counseling? There are some stats. Yeah, you bet. There's some many, many uh, great benefits. Uh, statistically speaking, it actually re- decreases, the lo- de- decreases the likelihood of divorce by up to 50%. That's insane. Like, that's really high. Some studies show that. And some others, you know, in the 20 to 30% range. But either way, it really decreases the likelihood of divorce happening way down the road or in the beginning of the road or long down the road. So that being said, what are the advantages? What are the benefits? Why does that happen? Is it just a statistic thing? No. It's a great way for us to do our homework, to understand who we are and who our partner is. A lot of times we slide into the marriage thinking we know everything or we get caught up in the emotional pieces of it. Some of that serotonin we talked about in the past, dopamine, which are those receptors in our brains that just cause us to be infatuated with someone. All those we know go away. (laughs) They will go away at some point, right? And so what do you mean when you slide into marriage? How how do you just slide into marriage? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that term actually is something they've studied um, with cohabitation, actually. So many people nowadays, almost 80%, they say, live together before they're married. And um, this is not to scare anyone, like if you're doing this, you're doomed, but you actually do have a higher percentage, almost 20% more likely to divorce if you are living together before marriage. It's funny because you would think it's the opposite, right? A lot of us get married, move in together because we're like, oh, let's test it out. But the sliding into marriage thing is actually something that um, I haven't coined. This is something the psychologists and researchers have coined. It's this idea of inertia. So what happens is um, say, I'll just be quite blunt, say it's a friend with benefits that comes and starts living with you. Toothbrushes in the house. Next thing you know, yeah, I'll move some more of my stuff in. And then all of a sudden you're living together completely and you're like, you actually start to select less. You start to think, man, this is the person I'm just going to marry. May not be, if you're romantic mindset, you might give that up. You might just be like, you know what? Everything's already here. Let's just get married. And that's that's what they call sliding into marriage. And they find that happening a lot um, these days. And that's what actually well, a lot of the counselors, they're saying that they see these kinds of cases over and over again. That all being said, the benefit is knowing who your partner is before you marry them. Even if you slid in and you're in this cohabitation moment right now, you could still get to know your partner through premarital counseling. It's an advantage. And you may even find like this person is not fit for you and you're not fit for each other. And that could be really hard too. That's another reality. But it'd be better, right, to not go down a road of marriage 
and have much harm done later. Right, because about 10 to 15% of couples who do premarital counseling recognize that this is not the person that they want to spend the rest of their life yes, with. Yes, that's about right. So why not do your homework before and know yourself and your partner better so that you could set yourself up for success in your marriage? Why not? Yeah, I love how you said homework because it, it is work. Like when we are figuring out who we are, who our spouse is, there's definitely work that's involved in there. Uh, there's that work to bring our whole self into marriage. It takes the work, um, which we've talked about in other episodes, just the importance of going through our healing journeys, which I won't get off on that, but um, it's really important in order to know ourselves. So bringing it back, when we talk about premarital counseling, what does that look like? Somebody now who's listening, who's engaged and looking to get married, and now they're thinking, okay, maybe maybe I want to do this, and you want to try. How do they approach their partner about that as well? What would you recommend? And yeah. then what do they do from there? Well, that's good. I love the part you asked about what would, what would you do with your partner. You would first need to communicate with your partner. Don't go set up the appointment beforehand. But talk to your partner about the importance. You could share this podcast if you want or just share some of the research and how this would really help and benefit you and how by knowing who you are and knowing more about your relationship and compatibility and all those things, which is kind of what they do talk about in premarital counseling. We talk about um, all the baggage, which we talked about a little bit. So what that kind of baggage you have, like your context, like what kind of family you grew up in. Um, and it's all going to be snapshots and we'll be really in-depth um, unless you want it to go further. But usually you do this in like three sessions or so with a counselor. And you could do it with your pastor. Some pastors are um, certified to do what's called Symbus uh, training. And they're able to be a Symbus facilitator, which is saving your marriage before it starts. It's a wonderful assessment tool. Um, and there's also Prepare and Rich, which is another assessment tool. And what you would do is you would talk to your partner about this process or, and, you, and you, for you to know too. How it works is you would go ahead and find a facilitator if you wanted to go to the Symbus route and you would just type in your zip code. It will show you local facilitators. Sometimes they're counselors, professional licensed counselors. Sometimes they're pastors or church leaders and it will connect you and you could go ahead and begin a conversation with them. See if you're a good fit. In the same way with Prepare and Rich, you would just go ahead and find a facilitator and be connected. Or you could even go within your family realm, find a counselor that could has equipped in one of these two tools or sometimes some kind of strong assessment tool. Because that's a big part. These assessments are a great tool because they will go through and you will ask questions in about 45, answer questions in about 45 minutes. Each of you individually, not on your own, don't be cheating together. Um, one, I remember Tiffany and I did Prepare and Rich once and they said, "You are you sure you didn't do the answers together? Because this is like very similar, but it was just one of those scenarios where it worked out that way. But you go ahead and do it individually, and you're going to talk everything about uh, the, your finances, conflict, which is actually the biggest indicator of how you're going to do as a couple. It can either make you or break you as a couple and how you handle conflict. So you're going to talk about how you handle conflict. You're going to talk about finances. You're going to talk about sex. You're going to talk about your faith and your spirituality. You're going to talk about all these pieces, uh, your um, expectations. That's huge. Who's going to do the laundry? Who is going to do the dishes? Who's going to bring home the bills? Who's going to stay home? How many kids are we going to have? All those things will be talked about up front before you say I do, which is huge because you don't want to be on the other side of I do and find out your partner was going to stay, keep you at home when you wanted to build a career. So you want to talk about this stuff beforehand. 
these assessments are helpful in doing that, just bringing those to light and bringing honesty and conversation out of it. And so the whole assessment process then, so for premarital counseling, should you decide to do the assessment, it's all based around your results from that. Exactly. So you would take one of these assessments. This is the route I recommend going. You would take either Symbis or Prepare and Rich, and you would meet with that facilitator that you've already connected with before you take the assessment. And you will go ahead and go over the results together. And you'll break it down each session about the different topics. And there's great discussion to be had between you and your partner with a facilitator simp simply being there to be present in the room to give advice at times, but to also stand back and let you guys create awareness about who you are and who your company or who your partner is. And so what happens if I like get, you know, someone gets this assessment back and it just does not look good. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it doesn't match up. Yeah. So that, ha so the cool thing about Symbis, for example, is it has something called marriage momentum. So it has like a low, medium, high rating. And it's not a pass or fail. It's more, again, all about insight and awareness. So when you see a low indicator on that one, it means there's gonna be a lot of work to be done. So it's not a, oh, pass, fail, we shouldn't do this. It's more of a, hey, maybe we need to move the, a wedding date further because I have work to do individually and with each other. So it's the reality of saying, you know what? We're not ready yet. But, or it could be, worst case scenario, the 10 to 15%, that reality that, you are, you, it may not be the best idea for you two to move forward in marriage. Um, that's a hard thing to say and hear, but man, again, it's worth to know up front. So I think it's doing your homework, right? Knowing who you are and who your partner is. It's so worth it. And if there, it's a low, medium, or high in the Simbus case, it just means you're gonna have work to, extra work to do. You will always have work to do in marriage. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Even if you're in a great marriage momentum, you're like compatible and you find out after the assessment that you're all great, you, that's when it's also risky. You need to realize you need to always continually be working on your marriage. So what about somebody who's listening right now? They've been married for a while. Clearly, premarital counseling is not for them. <laughs> but can they still take the assessments? Yeah, they can. That's really cool. So Symbis uh, is supposed to be premarital. But you still can great, get great insight you could, because all the results that are going to come are going to still show the expectations you have, um, the finance, how you handle finances, spender or saver, uh, to how your uh, connections with your in-laws and friends and family are. It's still going to be super helpful. Prepare and Rich is built more for those who are existing uh, or married, and so not premarital. I would recommend probably that route if you are married to go through Prepare and Rich. It also has just some more details on different statements that you're gonna answer and how you agree or disagree on certain topics. Um, it, so I, you could go either route, that's the cool news. You could save your marriage even though it started. <laughs> you could do Eusimbus still, or one of these premarital um, helps. But even bigger, you can go to a counselor without, uh, before being engaged, right? Like we all could need help. I was just, this today, studying about the stigma of like going to see a counselor. And how often it seems like we're being dragged, one partner's being dragged to the counseling office. The reality is it's gonna help both parties. And if you could keep that mindset, both partners, if you keep that mindset of like, this is for the betterment of our marriage as a whole together, because what's gonna ultimately happen is you are also gonna be the better version of yourself, of who God created you to be. 
when you work on your marriage it's kind of a it's kind of a fun thing of like working on something like a marriage like as a couple is going to change you personally too so that's just a segue note yeah that's awesome so as we wrap up this episode uh, we just really want to encourage you if you know somebody who is going to be getting married encourage them to do some work do some premarital counseling and for those of you who are in your marriage and you recognize that there are some red flags go ahead and do an assessment see what areas that you have for growth because we all have growth areas and sometimes you can have conflict but you don't know the root of it and a counselor can really be beneficial in helping you just discover what those areas are and bring up the proper conversations through asking the right questions right asking the right questions will get you the direct um, answers that maybe we don't even know that we need and so mm, we just want to encourage good. your marriages um, and future marriages um, in that aspect as well so we will go ahead and just pray over your marriage over your future marriage as we close out today yes god we thank you uh, for all those who tuned in today um whether engaged or married for years uh, we pray that you speak directly to these couples that you would guide them and help them be bold in steps to get help if there's help needed and even better why not assess where we are at consistently even when things are just okay or good because we don't want to settle for that, God. We want to be made in your image. as We we are made in your image, but we want to be more like you, Jesus. And through this awareness, through these assessments, these tools, the ability to analyze who we are and who our partner is and who we are together will only make us more like you, Jesus. So I pray for every marriage that they would represent that, that truth of who you are, God, to the to their children, to their families, to those around them, as I truly believe, and you and you spoke this truth, that you could transform lives through people's relationships and their marriages, God. We thank you for who you are, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great week. Till next time.